1: i don't care what they might say we love jesus anyway here's pastor jesse Stan. to begin today's broadcast of way of grace the very attempt on the
2: part of the dark rulers to kill christ is going to be the key that opens up the door to bring out christ's sheep the very depth of christ is going to be the key that opens the front door of the public hand to bring god's people out
1: We're standing out in the cold. There's a door in front of you and a warm house inside. That warm house won't get you any warmer unless you actually go through that door. And there's no other way to get there that is a great illustration of what we're looking at today here in John chapters 9 and 10 in a message called, I Am the Door. The door through which Christ alone enters is the door through which you and I must enter if we are to see eternal life. Won't you join us for a very insightful look at one of those great I Am statements found in John chapters 9 and 10. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with this edition of Way of
2: Grace. All that the father giveth me shall come to me. Now he's preaching to all kinds of people. He was born in Bethlehem of Judah. That makes him the son of David. But he was raised up in Galilee of the nations. That makes him the son of man. In other words, he knew Jew and Gentile all his life. He was actually part of that fold yet without sin. This is what makes it possible for him to actually enter through the front door. You notice again what verse 2 says? The one that enters through the front door is the shepherd of the sheep. The one that enters through the front door is the shepherd of the sheep. And I want to call your attention to that right now, that's very important. Point number two in your outline, are you there? The door through which Christ alone, what? The door through which Christ alone enters. When our Lord explains this metaphor of which the Jewish people were very clear and aware of, they had a vivid image of their mind of a town square with all kind of sheep in it and the shepherds uh, napping or resting in hotels, if you were, and the sheep would be retrieved in the morning. But they also knew the harrowing effect of which Jesus says thieves and robbers will always seek to try to steal the sheep in that public fold. And this is where God gave his controversy in Ezekiel chapter 34. So what's God's solution? To send a shepherd who doesn't have to climb over some other way, who doesn't have to try to steal the sheep by boring a hole in the ground or climbing over the top. He can come through the front door. Now, this is so exquisite in its sort of implication, because what we are being taught is Christ had to come through a certain means. He couldn't just come any old way. He couldn't be any old person because he's not coming for any old people. He was a specific shepherd coming to a specific people, and he's coming a specific way. How does Christ enter through the door into the sheepfold to get his sheep? Three quick ways I want to call your attention to. First, by calling. First, by calling. You know in the Bible we hold to three major covenant models. The father-son, the king-servant, the husband-wife. I suggest to you that when you read your Bible carefully, Jesus is the only one that can walk through the front door. Jesus is the only one that can come through the front door to get humanity because everybody else does not qualify. He was the one that was called by God from before the foundation of the world. God had laid on Christ all of the promises. They are yes and amen in Him. Isn't that what the Bible says? And so we are taught when we read the Bible that before God made the world, He had a shepherd. Before God even allowed humanity to fall, he had a shepherd that would bear their sins and bring them out. I'm submitting to you that the way you understand Christ entering through that door is by the fact that he was called to do it. He was called by his father. So Isaiah chapter 42 verse 1 calls him a servant. Isaiah chapter 52 calls him a servant. Isaiah 53 calls him a servant. And we were at Isaiah uh, 42 last week where we dealt with him being God's blind servant who was perfect. Remember that? And if you recall, I stated you needed to read verse 21 because verse 21 separates this servant from every other human being in the world. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 21 plainly lays out Christ's qualifications. Look at it and you want to mark it in your Bible. Of no human being has God ever said this but Christ. Are you ready? Isaiah chapter 42 verse 21. The Lord is well-pleased... For his righteousness sake. Do you see it? The Lord, that is the Father, is well pleased for his, that is the Son's, what? Righteousness sake. Stay with me. You got to get some theology. I know this gives some of you the heebie-jeebies. But if you're going to know your Savior, you got to get this. There's only one man in the universe that can enter into the front door of humanity and save you from your sin. And he has to be a righteous man. And there's only one righteous one in the world, and that righteous one is, what's his name? Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is God's righteousness, and he's God's righteousness, and God is pleased with him for two things. He magnified God's law, didn't he? And he made it honorable, didn't he? How? By keeping God's word. Here's what I'm going to submit to you. Jesus is the good shepherd of the sheep because he was sinless. Jesus is the good shepherd of the sheep because he kept all of God's law. Jesus is the good shepherd of the sheep because the Father called him to be the righteous one by which entering through the door, he can bring his people out. Some of y'all with me so far? Jesus is the shepherd of the sheep because Jesus alone was sinlessly obedient. Sinlessly obedient. Glorious it is. Going then back to uh, our second point, sub-point B. Not only was this Christ calling, and I think you know this by now, That from Genesis to Revelation, God prophesied of the coming of Christ. Did he not? Therefore, our second sub point is not only does Christ enter through the door alone because he was called to it, but he was prophesied about from Genesis to Revelation. In Genesis 3.15, do we not read about the seed that should come? The seed that should come. And his seed will crush your head. That seed kept making its way throughout biblical history, did it not? He was the seed of Abraham. He was the seed of David. And the offices that he held was office of king and priest and prophet, was he not? And so all through the Bible, we discover that the Bible prophesied of the coming of Christ. Now, say with me now, the way that you know that Christ is the one who comes through the door is not only the fact that he was God's chosen one and therefore called, but all the scriptures testify of him being the one that comes. Now, this is going to be interesting. an interesting point when we deal with the sheep here in a moment. But understand, therefore, in your outline that by calling, Christ is the only one that could enter the door. And by prophecy, he is the only one that did enter the door. What does Psalm 40 verse 7 say? Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is what? Written of me. Acts 10:43, the apostle Peter lays out this truth concerning Christ's coming prophetically. He says all the prophets testified of the coming of Christ. So the sheep who are listening to me realize now that the shepherd has been coming from before the foundation of the world. The shepherd was designated by God as the called one. The shepherd, therefore, was also prophesied in the word of God from Genesis all the way up to the gospel of John. And we can actually see him through the scriptures, can we not? As the one coming. This is going to be critical to your discerning whether or not you are a sheep in a moment. So let me get to the last sub point by which... When Jesus says in verse 2, But he that entereth into the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He came by suffering. I'm giving you three sub points. Could could give you more. He came by calling. He's the only one that God the Father chose. He came by prophecy. When you read your Bible with God-centered eyes, it's about Jesus. And he came by suffering. I want you to see this. You note that um, when John the Baptist, who was the last of the Old Testament prophets, had the privilege of preaching Christ and having men and women be baptized in preparation for His coming, remember that? Make ye straight the path of the Lord, repent ye, repent ye, because the Lord is coming. John had the privilege of being the last Old Testament prophet. And do you know what he did? In John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 29, he raised his hand and he pointed at Jesus when he saw him. And he said, behold, the king of Israel. Is that what he said? He said, behold, Melchizedek. Is that what he said? He said, behold, the prophet that should come. Is that what he said? He said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. So I want you to get this now. The one coming through that front door in order to retrieve his sheep not only had to be the called one, the prophesied one, but the suffering one. When John the Baptist points at him, the vision that he wants us to get is the tender Lamb of God who had to bear the wrath of God in order to deliver his people out of the sheepfold. This is an amazing point of reference for you to get. Because as you and I profess to be believers in Christ, if we get Jesus wrong, it means the door was never open to us. If we get the fact that Jesus was the called one wrong, if we question whether or not God had chose him from before the foundation of the world to be the one with the key to open the door to deliver our soul, then we, we have not yet actually experienced the revelation of his glory. If we question that the Bible is about Jesus instead of about Israel or instead of about the Jews or instead of about black people, you have missed the point altogether. The Bible is about Christ. Now watch this. This is actually how you can begin to have confidence that you're one of his sheep. This third point then is very critical under point number two. When I say that he comes through the door himself alone, he comes through by suffering. The Bible plainly tells us in John chapter eight, verse 26 through 28, and I want you to see this. This again is in the heart of his diatribe against Israel. His battle against the Jews. Now I want you to hear this. This is another I am statement that he's about to make. And it's going to give you some insight into a knowledge of the efficacy of the atonement. Here it is in John chapter 8:26. I have many things to say to you and to judge you of. See, Jesus is a judge, is he not? It's just that in his earthly coming as the Messiah, he didn't come the first time to judge. He came the first time to what? Die. Well, watch this. I have many things to say to you, to judge of you, but he that sent me is what? And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Verse 27. They understood not that he spake of the father. These folks didn't understand a lot of things, did they? Now watch verse 28. Watch verse 28. Here it is. Then said Jesus unto them. Now he's in the public square where all of the rulers and all of the people... At this time, they are finishing up the Feast of Tabernacles, wherein he had just said in John 7, 37, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. In other words, Jesus is preaching publicly, he's preaching loud, he's preaching boldly, confrontationally to all the people present. He's saying here in John eight twenty-eight something we must get. He said, When you have done what? Lifted up the Son of Man. When you have done what? Lifted up the Son of Man. What was he talking about? crucifying him killing him now ladies and gentlemen watch this this is what i meant by my third point he comes through the door of suffering when you have lifted up the son of man then you shall know that i am did you see? what he's telling you and me is the very attempt on the part of the dark rulers to kill christ is going to be the key that opens up the door to bring out Christ's sheep. The very death of Christ is going to be the key that opens the front door of the public pen to bring God's people out. That's John chapter 12, 31. If I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. In other words, this door into which Christ enters the public fold of fallen humanity has to be first and foremost a calling prophetically set forth, and then as a consequence of his what? Death. Do you remember that when Christ was hanging on the cross, that God did something in the temple, where the curtain of the temple, separating the holy of holies from the holy place, was rent from top to bottom, so that the way into the holiest of all was made manifest by the death of Christ? That's the same metaphor. In other words, we come to God through the death of Christ. That door that is open, as I am about to affirm, is a door of revelation, of His calling, of Him being called prophetically, and of Him dying on the cross. The man or the woman that does not understand Jesus as being chosen by God before the world began, as being declared by all the Scriptures to be the one that comes as being declared to be the one who hung on Calvary's tree to accomplish eternal redemption, satisfy God's wrath, propitiate for our sin, and thus deliver us from the bondage of fallen humanity, has yet to understand the gospel. Has yet to understand the gospel. Hear what he said again as we move forward. He says in verse 28, Then said Jesus unto them, when you have lifted up the son of man, you shall know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as my father hath taught me, I what? Speak these things. What I love about Christ's ministry was that all during his ministry, he let us know he was the one the Bible was talking about. This is also what's implied by him coming through the front door. Now, I want you to see what the text goes on to say. Let's go on and look at uh, the rest of our scriptures. Point number three. If, in fact, Christ is the one that enters into the front door of the public uh, fold of fallen humanity, what then about all these other false shepherds? Will you look with me at verse number one again? I want to call your attention to this before we move to our final points. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a what? Thief and a robber. Do you see it? The same is a thief and a robber. Verse Point number three in your outline says, thieves and robbers do not and cannot what? Thieves and robbers do not And cannot enter. Now, our master said this three times. I want you to see it in your text. He says it first in verse 1 that the thieves and the robbers cannot enter in. And then he says it again over in verse 8. All that ever came before me are what? Thieves and robbers. Now watch this. But the sheep did not hear them. Will you look at verse 10? The thief comes not but to do what? Steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more what? The Lord was preaching on that day, was he? Was he getting at it on that day? And I want you to get this. Cause I know sometimes having heard the same Bible verses for hundreds of years like we do, we fail to really understand its import because it comes, it becomes just kind of a, a relig- religious cliche. Whether thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what does that mean? It means this. That every other pseudo savior in the world is a liar and his attempt at being the Messiah makes him a thief because he's stealing God's glory now do you know the difference between a thief and a robber the thief rips you off stealthily when you don't know it he's able to take your money While you're sitting in church, lying to you, having proper to you false doctrine and false teaching, and you swear he's telling the truth. He's lying to you between his teeth, but you don't know it because he's coming stealthily. And you think you are worshiping God, but he has exalted himself. Or they have exalted themselves and they have exalted their ministry and have not held up the only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by which men looking to him have a way of escape. Or He just plain out, pulls out his pistol and robs you in plain daylight. Like if you don't pay your tithes, you're going to hell. Just robbing the people, robbing the people, robbing the people, robbing the people. That's why when the good shepherd came the first time before he entered into the temple, he found a tree. When I used to see my mama look up at the tree, I knew I was getting my butt whooped. Stripped the tree and made a bunch of branches. And started whipping the money changers out of the temple. And swearing according to Isaiah, my father's house is a house of prayer. But you have turned it into a den of thieves and robbers. And that's what religion does today to many people. It steals from you or robs you blind when you do not know the true shepherd. This is what... This is what Ezekiel was saying in Ezekiel 34, Jeremiah 23. Read it in your own time if you can stomach God's abomination of false prophets. He says, I am against you because you feed yourselves and not the sheep. You know the difference? You know why you have to leave your wallet in the car? Because they're going to shake you down before church is over? Because they are feeding themselves. And you know you're not going to hear the word of God. You know you're not going to have a, have a, a very sound expository experience. You know the word of God is not going to be opened up. You're going to be entertained and you're going to leave there broke and reluctant. Cause you know, once again, they have pilfered you with lives and thievery. Ladies and gentlemen, we laugh a little bit about that, but can I share something with you? It's an indication that you do not know the voice of the shepherd when you sit up under that kind of teaching. Jesus said three times in our text, and that could have been a message in itself, but I really just wanted to deal with the door, which I'm going to continue to do. He says, everybody besides me is a thief. Everybody besides me is a robber. I am the only true shepherd. So if a man or a woman is contemplating getting to God any other way than by Christ alone, through faith alone, by grace alone, you are not Christ's sheep. So let's go on to affirm that. Can we do that? Let's go on to work this through a little bit here. Because we've dealt with point number one, the public fold of fallen humanity into which Christ is entering, both Jew and Gentile, because he's the savior of all men, right? all who would come to him by faith. Then, then we saw the second point as we are dealing with it, that Christ is the exclusive door by which he alone entered through calling and prophecy and what? Suffering. Thirdly, we have seen that the thieves and the robbers do not and cannot come in for three sub-point reasons I want you to get. First, they're sinful. Thieves and robbers are sinful. If Christ is talking about the rulers of the church, are they not sinful? Now watch this. If that's true... You and I are just like the rulers of the church because we're sinful by nature. What that means is you ought not to at any time depict yourself as being able to save anybody. You ought not impose your presence or your influence or your position on anyone as if you could save them. That includes you, mama and daddy, over your kids. It doesn't matter how well you walk with God, how holy you are. You are well and holy sinful. And what that means is you cannot come through the front door because you are not the one by which men and women are saved. Am I making some sense? You're sinful. Just like the rulers of... This is why when we go through our Bible and we see how the Lord is just jacking up these rulers, it humbles us because truth be told, we have many more tendencies like the Pharisees than we do Jesus. I'm so glad he's my shepherd, aren't you?
1: Studying God's word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. This has been Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship in person. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m., we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail, send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you, or stop by grace Bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address if you're writing to us is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note, as we conclude our time together today, we're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry. Now, while it is free to listen to, for us, there is a cost, and we are a listener-supported ministry. No matter the size of your gift, it's greatly appreciated. So would you take a moment and pray about it, and then contact us with your gift today? 510-886-9782 is our phone number, or write to us, 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. Thank you so much. For spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. I
2: don't care what they might say. We love
1: Jesus anyway. I don't care what they might say. We love Jesus anyway.